Hello and welcome back to the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark and I want to first and foremost thank you for out there for listening. But secondly, I also want to thank everybody that participated in the poll that I put out last week because you chosen few were the ones that picked the topic for this podcast. So it was pretty clear from the poll that you guys were kind of looking for a buying guide for smartphones and tablets. And to be honest, I really don't blame you. There are a bunch out there right now. It's hard to make sense of what to look for. So today I'll kind of go through some features and hardware you want to look out for whenever you're making your next purchase. And also give you a couple of recommendations in each category. And what categories would that be? Well, listen on and we'll get to that in just a second. So, But also I do want to remind you, you can catch up on all the past episodes of the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Store, and also on Stitcher. You can also check up with show updates on Facebook. Just search at Down South IT and you can find the show page. Lots of good stuff on there, good articles and stuff to wet your whistle, even some funny pictures to help you get through the day. Uh, you can even email me, you know, old school at downsouthit at gmail.com for those that want to go the old school route. Now, on to the meat and potatoes. First, we're going to be going through a few hardware options and features and stuff to be on the lookout while you're out there in the wilds of the, of the tech market. And then I'll give you a couple of my picks in each of three categories. Uh, first would be budget devices, which are phones and tablets that are under $200. Uh, mid-range devices, which would be from anywhere from two to 300 all the way up to 500 and then flagship devices, which is your, your 500 and up. Your good of all goods, your best of the best. Also, while doing all of that, I'm not going to be getting into the, the grandiose Apple-Android debate because there's a 99% chance that you already have a favorite operating system. You're used to it. I'm not going to change your mind, and I'm not trying to change your mind. So I just want to give you the information so that you can be on the lookout whenever you're trying to buy a new phone or a new tablet. So let's begin, shall we? First off, they're going to mention a lot about chipsets. Chipsets is basically to a phone or a tablet what a motherboard is to a regular computer. It's the main hardware functions that are all set on a single chip. So you got your processor, the graphics unit, and your memory all together on one chip. Now, for they do this mainly for two reasons. One, to save space because the smaller the phone or the tablet gets, space is finite. They got to save space somewhere. The other reason is practical. All of these units function in unison. That's why they call it a chip set. Everything focuses and does what it needs to do with each other in unison. As long as those parts are close together, that reduces lag time, which in turn makes for a faster phone or a faster tablet. Once you start getting into the nitty gritty, there's a lot of different chip sets out there. Apple has proprietary chipsets, Samsung has theirs, to be honest. The chips part really don't mean quite as much as they used to, and I'm, I know you're thinking, yeah it does, yeah it does, uh, just hear me out. I only say that because most of the modern chipsets that are out there are really good, really fast, and will not give you a problem. So yeah, it's good to have the latest and greatest, you know, whenever you're looking for a phone or a tablet or something, but a bunch of the devices, especially in the, the mid-range and the budget category, they're using chipsets and hardware from a couple of years ago that were in the flagship phones, and they work just fine. There's nothing wrong with it. If you're looking for, it might be a couple, you know, technology that's a couple of years old, 
but you know in that in the long run you save a little bit of money if you look at all of the different chips and stuff like that all of the speeds and craziness gets confusing the one main thing you want to look out for is multiple cores a lot of the newer chipsets are quad core or octa core or hexacore which is basically having four different cpu chips built into one or six or eight into one so the more cores you have the, be the better off you're going to be you want to look for at least a quad core chip these are really stable they're able to keep up with most you know activities that you would normally do on a phone or tablet apps a few games some you know web surfing that kind of thing but the, that way you won't have any issues if you have a quad core processor and moving on is your memory and your storage i think we discussed this on a previous podcast but your ram memory is going to be different from your storage memory storage memory is nvram or non-volatile ram it's the same types of chips that you use in your flash drives or your thumb drives same exact thing in cases with these you want to look for at least 32 gigabytes that'll be enough for most people your normal use and everything if you are kind of a shutter bug and you take a lot of pictures or a lot of video uh, then you might want to look into going up to either a 64 or 128 gig but for most people if you're just looking for a decent amount of space 32 gig will be plenty enough for you especially with the cloud services that we have now you know google pictures the icloud stuff like that once the once your pictures and videos are backed up on there you can actually wipe them from the device you can still get to them it's not a problem they're there but they're not on the device itself which will save you some space now whenever you get into the ram memory which they may just call memory which gets kind of confusing at least even when i'm reading it and it's i'm the one talking about it so if it confuses me i know i know a lot of people is going to be confusing so anyway your ram memory your random access memory that's the memory that your phone or your tablet uses while apps and stuff are running so anytime something opens it uses that memory to be able to open and use the app now the difference between the two is the non-volatile and the regular ram is when you you turn your phone off the memory that's in your ram memory goes away it disappears you lose it you lose it forever which is really not that big of a deal because the memory that's in there is apps that you were running and anything that's saved is going to be saved in the non-volatile side and you're not going to be using any kind of apps or anything like that with the phone off so the biggest thing with ram that you want to look for you want to look for at least two to three gigabytes worth of ram a lot of the newer phones and stuff like that if you get less than that it's just going to be a horrible horrible thing to try to try to do anything with that phone besides maybe surf a few web pages and, th and stuff if you try to play any kind of graphically intensive games some of the newer games that are out and stuff like that it's just going to sit there and load and be choppy and it's just it's it's awful so steer clear of anything less than two gigs two will be probably your minimum if most phones now have two to three standard but some of the cheaper ones will only have one some of the cheaper tablets will only have one so you kind of want to steer clear of those and go for at least two our next subject should i say is going to be the battery now in this case bigger is always better battery size is always going to be shown in milliamps or mah is the symbol for it and of course your tablets are going to have bigger batteries because they got to power up bigger screens and that 
takes up more more battery so and they also got more real estate in the casing so tablets are actually able to house bigger batteries what it comes down to is the bigger the battery the longer the device is going to be on so most of your higher end phones and your tablets will also be sealed uh, if it has anything along the lines of an IP rating, which is like IP58, IP67, IP68, that's your different dustproof and waterproof ratings. So if those are sealed, the batteries are not going to be able to be popped out. I know there some of the cheaper phones are going to and tablets have you can take the back off and pop the battery out. Uh, for some people, that's a deal breaker. They, you know, they, they want to be able to have the ability to pop the battery out if something happens. You know, for a long time, I was like that. I would always opt for being able to take the battery out just in case something went to hell. Just kind of be on the lookout for that. If it does have an IP rating, that phone or tablet is going to be sealed. You won't be able to pop it out. Now, as far as battery size, you kind of want to steer. You want to look for somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,000 milliamps in a phone battery that'll give you at least a, a full day of normal use without having to charge it back up in the afternoon it should last you all day um, on the tablet side you kind of want to look for about 4500 milliamps this will give you about six to eight hours before you got to charge up so just kind of keep those those numbers in mind 3000 and 4500 if you get more great if you get a little bit less I mean it's not a deal breaker but that's kind of that's going to be kind of your benchmark that you want to look into next up we have probably the hardest thing really to go over and that's going to be the cameras and mainly i just say that because there are so many variations out there and along with the software that actually processes it it's kind of hard to narrow down what's a good camera what's not a good camera so what I'm kind of going to do is just kind of give you a little bit of background on it and a few things to look out for if you see some things while you're looking and you might want to go look into it. So we all know the phrase megapixels that's associated with phone and tablet cameras. A lot like the batteries, bigger is better, right? But there's a trade-off too. The higher the megapixel count on a camera means that the more information they t and the pictures take up more space. Like, for instance, my personal phone is a Pixel 2 XL. It has a 12 megapixel camera. I mean, it's a really good camera. Love the camera on it. It takes really good pictures. And if I have it set on 12 megapixels, each picture, depending on the blacks and, you know, the subject and all of that, is going to be between 3 and 4 megabytes worth of storage. Now, if I turn it down to 8 megapixels, each picture is only 2 to 2.5 megabytes each. So there's a little bit of trade-off. So just kind of remember that well, from the storage space earlier. And if you do take a lot of pictures and you have a 10 to 12 megapixel camera, you're going to have a lot less pictures that you can take with a 32 gigabyte phone than you would a 64. But like I said, it, in the main scheme of things, look for around a 10 to 12 megapixel camera. You can always turn it down a little bit if you need to. Most phones, they'll have different stages. You can go either 4, 8, or 12. I believe as far as the the settings for the megapixels so if you find that it's taking up too much storage for you you can always turn it down a little bit and you'll still keep the picture quality It's just it'll get really pixelated if, whenever you zoom in on it so just kind of keep that in mind now another thing from the cameras you, you go see thrown around is a f slash 1.7 or 
an F slash two or something along that line, you know, it's going to be a, a, that F slash a number. And what that is, that's the aperture or that's the size of the hole in the lens that lets the light through into the camera. Now with this, the smaller the number, the wider the hole is. So a F 1.7 aperture is going to let in, is going to be bigger, so it'll let in more light. And what that does is for low light pictures, you know, pictures at night, stuff like that, those will come out clearer and brighter. Now if you go the other way, like say you get an f2.2 uh, camera, that, that is actually going to be smaller. So the hole that the, the light going through is smaller, but the angle that the picture takes is actually wider. So you get a, you get, it's kind of almost a fisheye effect. You know, you get, you get a, a wider angle with a smaller hole. So, and with this, especially with all of these cameras and stuff like that, there's really no silver bullet when it comes to cameras. It can have a really high megapixel count and take a really crappy picture, or it can have a lower aperture and take amazing pictures. Really, all I can tell you is look between, like say, an 8 to 12 main uh, megapixel main camera, and for the front camera, you want to look between 5 and 8. That's mostly what's going to be standard nowadays, but at least that way, you know, if you get the 5 to 8 on the front, it'll take good quality selfies, that kind of thing. If you do that type of thing, I kind of got RBF, so I'm not one to really be in a whole lot of selfies and pictures, so... But anyway, okay, one other thing too I want to mention while we're talking about cameras. If you do look for, uh, if you're looking kind of intensely at camera functions and stuff, look for something with OIS, that's optical image stabilization. That way, if your hands shudder or you shake while you're taking a picture, the pictures will come out clean. You also want to kind of take a look for, you know, a good autofocus. A lot of the phones now, especially the LG phones, I used to have one, and it took great pictures because the, fo the autofocus was done with a laser. It would shoot out an infrared laser so it knew where to focus. Awesome technology, loved the pictures, never had a problem with it. So that's a couple of, couple of things you want to look into. Now, the next thing up is going to be actually the screen itself. And I mean, you want to make sure you got a decent screen because you're going to be looking at the thing every time you pick up your phone or your tablet. So you want to make sure you got a, a good screen. And there's a few different types out there right now. There's LCD, there's IPS, there's OLED, there's AMOLED. They're all fairly close, but each has their good and bad points. Um, LCD is going to be the oldest type. That's the, the really old smartphones had the LCDs. Um, they're common in the really cheap phones now, but they're sometimes called a TFT LCD or a TFT screen. One bad thing about these is if you use the screen a lot, they can have they, the images from the icons and stuff can cause burn in on the on the screen. So you, as you're scrolling through, you'll kind of see a ghost image of your icons and stuff like that, which nobody wants that. So it, it does take a while for it to happen. But just keep in mind that that is something, you know, that's that part of that's part of having that type of screen. Your LCD screens actually gave way to the IPS screens, and that actually stands for in-plane switching. It's similar to the way the LCD screens would display, but what it does, it just change it changes the way that it does display. So your viewing angles become a little bit better, and the colors stay normal whenever you're looking at it at weird angles. And actually, the Apple Retina display is an IPS, so it's an IPS display. 
and the retina display basically just means that it's a regular IPS screen but they pack more pixels into the screen so it just has a higher pixel density that's the only difference in it now when you move on to some of the higher-end phones and even a lot of the higher-end TVs and tablets and stuff like that then you get into your AMOLED your OLED screens and that stands for organic light emitting diode and this is the main the AMOLED and the OLED screens are the main screens that are used in Samsung devices and uh, they also use these in the iPads which again Samsung makes the screens for the iPads these are really high-end screens and their claim to fame is your deep blacks high-end colors deep blacks and the way it does that is instead of the pixels actually just showing a black color the pixels actually turn off so the OLED and the AMOLED screens are really good as far as the power that they pull you know they, they, they don't pull a whole lot of power compared to the IPS screens and the TFT LCDs so they, they use a lot less power which means your phone or your tablet lasts that much longer now the only bad thing with all of this that me telling you all of this is that you can look at numbers and you can look at stuff on paper or on a podcast and it really doesn't mean a damn thing because the only way you're going to know if you like a screen is to go and play with one <laughs> unfortunately you're going to have to that's one thing that's very it's it's a personal choice it's you know it's your preference and until you actually see it in life, in light, you know, working, you're not going to know if you like that type of screen or not. You know, are the colors too warm? Is it too blue? Is it, are they too cool? Does, is the screen fluid? Does it have kind of a weird after effect as you're scrolling through? You know, that's kind of things that you want to look for as you're playing with, you know, some of these devices. If you go to like Best Buy or something and, you know, playing with the floor models, you want to kind of look for those things because... Like I said, if you're going to be taking this thing out and looking at it a couple of dozen times a day, you're going to want to make sure that nothing on that screen aggravates you because there's nothing more aggravating than trying to use a device where the screen annoys you. You will sit there and put that thing away and forget about it or hate using it. And there's no point in that. Get something that you like, make sure it's the right one, and always double check. So, And also while we're talking about double checking and everything the size of your phone or your tablet so you may think you got it narrowed down you got a particular brand you like you got a particular family you like like the galaxy s9 the iphone 7 you know whatever it happens to be a lot of these phones and tablets offer different sizes within the same family they'll have an xl or a max or a gigantic or you know whatever the version happens to be the size is going to be one of those things again you got to go and touch and hold it and see for yourself everybody's different you everybody has different size hands grips you hold your phone a certain way you know you text a certain way there's different things like that whenever you hold the, the phone is there something in your way when you hold it, does the, the camera hit your finger? Does your hand hit the, the volume rocker or the power button on the side? You know, the, these are all things you gotta you have to look at and see whether or not you like it. Granted, you can go through and change how you hold the phone, and it takes a couple of three weeks to do that. I've had a couple of phones that did that. The biggest one being the LG G3 that I had a couple of years back. 
And that one, the power button and the volume rock are actually on the back of the phone underneath the camera. So there was nothing on the sides, the top, nothing. Everything was on the back. So you had to sit there and, you know, play with it with your finger. So that was a big, I didn't think it was going to be such a big stretch to go from a regular phone to that. But it turned out it took almost three weeks to a month before I was able to just pull the phone out and use it like normal. So it, that's a that's a big thing, and you want to make sure you get the right one. Also, while we're talking about phone size and everything, the screen size. All of the screens are measured from diagonally. So you're going to go measure from bottom left to top right. And that's the same whether it's a phone, it's a tablet, TVs, anything. They're all measured that way. Everything is diagonal. So if it's a 5.8 inch screen, it's 5.8 inches from the bottom left to the top right. And as far as screen size too, you wanna, while you're playing with your floor model, you know, the ones at Best Buy, what have you, hold it in one hand, hold it in two hands. Is it too big? Can you swipe from the top of the screen, you know, for the notifications? Can you swap, swipe from the bottom up? Can you do it with one hand? Is the phone too slick? I know a lot of them are made with the Gorilla Glass now. That That's all well and good, but that, that makes for kind of a slick phone, you know, it, is it easy to grip? You know, will you, do you have a fear of dropping it? Most people are gonna put a case on your phone, I realize that. The time that you get the phone to get the case, you may be a couple of three days without it, which means that's a couple of three days that you got a chance to, to drop and break a brand new phone. So, and no, nobody wants to do that. <laughs> so double check that, make sure it's not, you know, it's not too slick, anything like that. You wanna check the balance too. Is the you know too bottom heavy? This is especially with tablets. Is it too bottom heavy? Is it too top heavy? Is the battery on one side or the other? You know, can you can you type with one hand? You know, while using it, that's one of the things that's kind of you don't know until you actually hold it. A um, couple other things too. You want to look and see if it's going to fit in your pocket. If you normally put your phone in your pocket and you get a you know a phone with a six inch screen. That thing's gonna take up your entire pocket and you you know it's gonna be uncomfortable to, to to carry all day you know so you want to check that will it fit in the pocket that you normally carry your phone in your purse as far as the tablets and the larger phablet phones like the galaxy note and you know a couple other ones like that try the stylus because they, they do come with a little pen so try the pen see if it's easy to use does it have a little a place to carry it on the phone or is that something you're going to have to keep separate in your in your pocket on on the side you're going to have to look at that that too as far as how you're going to carry your phone and and be able to access it so you know what you're getting into now i know we kind of went through everything really fast and i do congratulate you if you made it this far i do salute you so now we're gonna go ahead and get on to kind of the fun stuff which is going to be my recommendations for uh, phones. We're going to start off with phones first. We're going to go from bud budget to flagship, and then we'll move on to tablets. First off in the budget category, I would recommend the Motorola G6 Play. You can get them for around $189 on Amazon. That does have the Amazon software built into it, which really isn't as terrible as you think. It's basically it just shows you an ad every time you turn the phone on, but that could get kind of aggravating really fast. So those are, uh, you can get it non-Amazon also for about 200 bucks. And I actually carried the G5 for two years before I got my, my Pixel. So the Motorola, that, that family, is a, that's a really good budget phone. I had no issues with, with that phone at all. 
with the exception of them updating it more regularly. I wish they pushed more updates to it faster. I think they're starting to get a little bit better with that. It, that phone actually has a lot of uh, three gigabytes of RAM, has a four four thousand milliamp battery. So this phone, if on the regular or light use, you can probably get at least two days out of it, at least. Next up, we have the Nokia Six, which you can get for about one hundred eighty bucks. Uh, I'm not too too familiar with this one, but it does it has really good ratings. Uh, again, three gigs of RAM, thirty two gigs of storage. Um, also with this one you can it has the SD card so you can expand on on your memory with that really high megapixel camera 16 megapixel camera on the back eight up front the camera wise you should be okay and it has the older Snapdragon fourth uh, processor on it it's a eight core processor but it is a it is a slower processor so kind of a trade-off but from everything I've read it's actually a really great phone uh, we'll move on to the next one, which is going to be an iPhone SE. Uh, I know you can get these for around two, two to two hundred and thirty bucks. Uh, it's a four-inch screen, twelve-inch megapixel, twelve-megapixel camera. Sorry, eight-megapixel camera up front. FaceTime, you know, all the whole nine that Apple normally gives you. It just gives you a little bit less as far as the hardware goes because it's the older chipsets. So, but if you want to get on, in on an iPhone on a budget, you know, that's a, this is a good option. Next up into our mid-range phones, we, I'll go for the LG G6, which I was actually looking at this one before and ended up going with the Pixel. But this was, this was high on my list. This was, no, this was number one. This phone, if they would have had it at the store that I went to, I would have came home with this one rather than the Pixel. But they didn't have it, so it's... LG's loss, I guess they missed the sale. So, but this one again, great camera on it, has a, a really great battery, 3300 milliamp. So, you're good with that. Four gigs of RAM, you'll never have any issues with that. You can go up to a two terabyte micro SD card on this thing. So, you can, you can basically, you never be able to fill up a two terabyte card. It would take you years to fill up a two terabyte card. So, again, LG G6, and uh, I don't know if I said, but those are. Right now for 560 bucks, you can pick one of those up. Uh, next up is the Moto Z3 Play, and that's for $450. It's a six-inch phone, AMOLED, just like the Samsungs. Four gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of storage, uh, 12 and five megapixel cameras. Has a, and it also has a wide-angle eight-megapixel front-facing camera too, so you can get a lot of people in your selfie. Uh, the battery is a little bit small on it, but it does have the fast charging on it. Um, but this one, the claim to fame on this one is actually that it has, you can use the Moto Mods, which is the little, the different back plates that Motorola has to add a bigger speaker or a projector or a big camera, you know, stuff like that. They have the different backs to the phone that you can switch out to give you some added functionality. And also in that that area, you can get uh, an iPhone 7 for 550 bucks. Now, granted, it's not the iPhone 10 that's out now, or I don't even uh, what's the new one, the XS. Yeah, the XS. It is a couple of years old. I'll grant you that, but they're selling them brand new for 550 bucks right now from Apple. 12 megapixel camera, 7 megapixel camera up front, uh, two gigs of RAM. It has a, it has kind of a small battery. I will give it that. It's only 1,960 milliamps. Uh, 
So it's less than 2,000 milliamps, but you get a decent amount of storage. You get 64 gigs. So, and being a being a brand new phone, that's not terrible. You will get updates, you know, for this one for at least a couple of years, you know, before uh, Apple decides to stop pushing updates to it. So, again, mid-range phone, iPhone 7 is not a bad idea to go. And we'll stick with iPhones going into the flagship versions of the phones, which is the iPhone XS. Now, this is iPhone's biggest and craziest phone yet with the notch and the whole nine. Really is their best phone to date, you know, as far as screen goes, usability, the whole nine. Everything on on this phone is top notch. And for that top notch, you're going to pay for it. They're running about 1200 bucks if you buy it outright. So just kind of keep that in mind. You For the flagship stuff, you will pay for it. <laughs> um, we'll move on. And right now, Samsung Galaxy S9. That's, that's going to be Samsung's latest and greatest. I think the Note 9 just came out too also. But they're not pushing that one quite as hard right now. Um, I hadn't seen a whole, whole, whole lot on it yet. I'm still kind of looking into that one. But this one right now is really good reviews. You can get up to 256 gigabytes of storage on it. It does have kind of a small battery, but it's uh, 3,000 milliamps, so it's right in that good range. And those are running about 820 bucks. I think the Note 9 is right under 950, if I get if I remember right. So you can kind of keep those in mind. And also the Pixel 2, which is the smaller version of the one that I got. And I only put this one on there because. It's seven seven forty nine right now, and it's plus or minus fifty bucks depending on what how much storage you get on it. Um, the reviews on this phone are have always been great. I've never seen a really a bad review on this thing. The only thing that I've really seen that was somebody mentioned that was bad on this phone was the color shift on the screen, and that was on the version that I have, which they did a software update and that actually fixed it. So. If you're looking into the Pixels, I know the Pixel 3 just came out, but for the money, the Pixel 2 is where you want to go. Now, let us move on to tablets. And I know I'm running a little bit long here, but we don't have too much more to go. So, as far as budget tablets, the Amazon Fire tablets. These little things, they're always really good in reviews. They're 50 bucks. You know, it's a great, good little seven-inch tablet. If you have Amazon Prime and you use a lot of the Alexa and stuff like that, you're already gonna be integrated into it. Everything. I mean, how how bad could it be for fifty bucks? I mean, really. I mean, they're really they're really not bad tablets, to be honest. And moving on, we have the Asus ZenPad. It's an eight-inch tablet. You can get pick one up for about 130 to 160 bucks. I've played with these in the stores before. They're really smooth. They're good little tablets i mean they're not gonna you're not gonna sit there and be able to 3d model stuff on them but i mean because they're so cheap but i mean for web surfing email a couple of little games here and there great great tablets Uh, also the amazon fire hd so i threw that one in there also and which is just the hd version of the, the regular fire tablet and those are only 80 bucks so again really cheap can't beat you can't really beat that um Kind of getting into the higher end of that, uh, the Lenovo Tab 4. It's a 10-inch tablet, really great tablet. You can do a lot with it. Lenovo did a really good job with the the hardware on this one, and you can pick one up for about 8, 180 bucks. Going into the mid-range tablets, 
We'll start off with a couple Apple devices. The iPad Mini, the Mini 4, which you can pick up for about 400 bucks. Uh, just a smaller version of the iPad. You know, the, everybody knows what you get whenever you buy an iPad, and this is just the, the latest generation. Um, also have on here the iPad 4, which again is the latest and greatest, you know, version of that. Depending on storage and the mixing hardware and stuff like that, you'll pay for, you know, between 360 and 450 for one of these. And both of these are actually based a lot on the hardware that's in the iPhone 7. So you can, the as far as performance goes, you can kind of expect the same performance out of those two that you would get out of the iPhone. And going into a Windows device now, uh, the Microsoft Surface Go. You can pick one of these up for about 400 bucks. These are the bare bones kind of version of the Surface Pro tablets. And just because it's bare bones does not mean that it doesn't work good. These little these little Surface tablets are awesome. Don't don't let the price fool you. These things are really really nice. They can do a lot. It's a full version of uh, Microsoft Windows 10 on them. The stylus and everything, very easy to use. The only bad thing is the keyboard cover that they show on the, the commercial all the time and the stylus are both sold separate. So you pay 400 for the tablet and then you got to pay extra for the keyboard case and for the stylus. And the whole package, depending on what kind you get, will run you between 570 and 600 bucks. So about half the price of high-end Surface tablet. And if we move on to a Samsung device, we'll hit the Samsung Galaxy Tab S3, which is the version from last year, um, since the S4 just came out. And you can get this one that comes with a stylus. You can get pick one up for about $649. Bucks. Um, the version that I priced on here, it was for 128 gig, which is the most you could get, but I did Wi-Fi only. Um, there are different versions. You can get them with cellular, so you can get LTE, you know, if you put them on a carrier. So they'll get internet wherever. Then those are going to be a little bit more. I think they were $50 more, something like that. But then you got to add in the cost of your carrier, too. So six to one, half a dozen to the other, however you want to do it. But that'll kind of give you a roundabout guess of where that one's going to be. Now, as far as flagships, there's pretty much just three manufacturers at the top of this heap. And... That's going to be Microsoft, Apple, and Samsung. And when it comes to top-tier tablets, I know, say that three times fast. You know, these three companies reign supreme. And their latest and greatest and best of the best, Microsoft Surface Pro is a 12-inch device, one-inch, uh, one-terabyte hard drive, 16 gigabits of RAM, 2500 bucks, just for the tablet. And again, the keyboard case and the stylus are separate. You would figure if you're paying 2500 bucks for a tablet, um, you listening to me, Microsoft? You probably aren't, but you know what? If I had Bill Gates on speed dial, I would yell at him for this. You pay 2500 bucks for a tablet, just give you the key, the case and the stylus? I mean, come on. How hard is that? It's not. Anyway, and as far as Apple goes, their big, their best of the best, iPad Pro. It's a 13-inch lap uh, tablet, 512 gigs. Uh, I did the the pricing for the Wi-Fi only. Uh, again, there are other configurations with different memory, different uh, you know LTE coverage if you want that, that kind of thing. A couple of different screen sizes. Uh, they'll go down, I think, to a 10-inch. So it goes 10, 12, or 10, 11 and a half, and 13, something like that. Um, 
and for the one that I priced was 1150 bucks. Uh, lastly, the latest and greatest from Samsung is going to be the Galaxy Tab 4. It's an 11 inch tablet, 750 bucks. Comes with the stylus, but you keep the keyboard folio you know the leather case whatever is not included in that price unfortunately again i guess they took that that cue from microsoft uh, but if you do want to pick up that that keyboard cover it's a hundred bucks so there you have it ladies and gents those are my picks of course there are so many options out there please go do your own research and go play with some out in the stores a lot of this stuff i can tell you till i'm blue in the face and it really doesn't matter until you actually hold something in your hands. But at least doing all of this, I hope I give you a little bit of insight into what to look for, some things to keep in mind while you're perusing your local Best Buy or Target or wherever you shop. And like I said before, the more information you have, the better decisions you can make. And just like you decided to check out this podcast, I want to invite you to check out all of the other episodes that I have out there. I uh, hope there's something in there that might pique your interest like this one did. And you can find all of those episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, the Google Play Store, and on Stitcher as well. And you can also catch up on our news of the day and some other fun stuff on the Facebook page. Just search Down South IT and you'll find me. Uh, be sure to give it a like and a follow if you don't mind while you're there. And also you can email me good old-fashioned way at downsouthit at gmail.com. You can email me with any comments or questions or just let me know if there's something that you want me to cover on a future future episode i'm more than happy to take that into account i mean i did the poll in this this past week as you can tell you know i'm all about listening to you guys i want to i want to know what you want to hear about so please let me know shoot comment on facebook email however you want to do it it's up to you i give you all the power and again thank you for listening and as always, I always like to end the podcast with a uh, paraphrase from Gilbert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time on the Down South IT Podcast. Later. Later.